Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas, regardless of football. Although Game Week 19 and FPL did see Dominic Solanke provide yet more gifts to his owners. Alphonse Ariola frustrated many with another clean sheet, whilst we also witnessed a true Christmas miracle, both Darwin Nunez and Rasmus Hoyland scoring league goals on the same day. Remarkable. Hosting this FPL podcast from Fantasy Football Community is me, Mark Jobling, and with me is Lewis, aka FPL Reactions. Now, your two Game Week 19 transfers were interesting. Do you mind talking us through your four-point hit? Yeah. Um, well, I, to be fair, that it wasn't in the it wasn't in the plans. It was it was Christmas, and you know things happen at Christmas, right? We <laughs> yeah, we drink and do other stuff. Um, not many drink and eat, but yeah, I just I I just felt as I, as we approached the deadline, I, I my appeal for Son was just increasing massively, and as you know, and probably the listeners know, that I didn't have Son going into the next two weeks, albeit he does go to um, the Asian Cup or he did go to the Asian Cup at the time in a couple of weeks I, I just felt that the, his potential for the next two weeks could could be huge and going without him again could could be could be really um, really bad for me so I, I we talked about on the we talked about on the pod that um, I was going to go for Sally captain and then last minute I was like I'm going to bring song it son in and just captain him um, but then I changed my mind again. So I had Son and didn't captain him, Captain Salah. I mean, I'm, I kind of, yes, I do regret bringing Son in, but I feel like that's because he didn't do as well as I thought he was going to do. Obviously, he got the assist, but I just felt there was loads of goals in that game for for Spit. Well, there were, there were six goals, but six, and the, yeah, it's 14. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just felt, that that was going to be a game that he he'd go mad in, and I also opted for Gabriel over Trent as well, which obviously didn't work out either. I mean, I'm happy that I've got Gabriel long term because I want an Arsenal defender long term. But obviously, picking him over Trent and then 
obviously taking out Bowen for Son, who who Bowen and Bowen is a player that I want long term anyway. So obviously rational thinking didn't didn't take place that week, but also I think a lot of it was was the fear factor of Son and and wanting to captain him. Um, because obviously I was I was so out, I'm so away now I'm so um, out of the loop now like I'm, I think I'm about 1.3 million I was one one million around last week and I just felt like I needed a differential and, and the best thing to the best way to go differential is captaincy isn't it usually so you know I I I did want to go for some but yeah ended up didn't uh, ended up not going there so I ended up on 32 points with a hit so 28 so it was one of my worst weeks. All of the season, um, I had Colwell, who I felt was okay, but then he got hooked before the 60th. Obviously, we conceded. Uh, he only picked up one point Trippier. Again, you know, another another disappointing game from him against, you know, we're not a good forest side who haven't been in the best of form. I suppose we can say that for Newcastle, but I did expect something more from, from Trippier. Porro obviously picked up the assist. He was, I think, Tottenham were quite quiet, weren't they, for most of the game? And then they come out of nowhere. Gabriel, one point. Expected a clean sheet there, at least. Son, five points. Expected more. Saka, again, he 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 just seems to be dodging points at the moment, doesn't he? And yeah. I know he's... I think that's I four blanks in a row. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, just, um, it's just a little bit concerning now, isn't it? I suppose you don't want to sell him. Going into the period ahead, you know, there's just there's just not much point, is there really? With a uh, if it wasn't for the fact that so many popular players were about to depart for for Afcon and Asian Cup, I think a big big discussion would be whether to give up on Saka because yeah, he's he's been incredibly frustrating all along, but he's 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 going to be safe in teams because there's so many things going on with with those guys plus Haaland eventually coming in at some point like he's probably gonna escape that because there's bigger priorities but yeah he is uh he had a few he had a few goals last night uh at areola but they were never particularly serious i think he had nine shots in total six in the box which was a lot i think it was his most of the season by far but um but it was all for nothing yeah, it's. I mean, it's a shame, isn't it? Because usually, you know, he'd get a lucky, you know, a lucky pan, and then it wouldn't look as bad, and then his returns would look okay again. I think he's he's picked up over a hundred points this season already. So you know, he's he's been a good asset. Just obviously lately, I mean, his data isn't is is in terms of his underlying data, it's never really been there, has it? You know, for these for these top assets. Um, in regards to Saka, he's never really produced amazing data, but it's just his kind of inevitability to to pick up points, like it's always there. So, yeah, he's I think he's fine. Salah captain again. I said I said I wanted to go for Son. I mean, there wasn't much in you know in between them. I was quite disappointed with with um, Salah against against Burnley. To be honest, I felt that he he wasn't massively involved again which is annoying um and then i had a front three of callum wilson who i knew wasn't going to start i felt that like he wasn't going to start and you even mentioned that we you know that isaac was you know was probably likely to start that game so but he did come on and he came on pretty early didn't he against luton mm-hmm. and I, I felt that he had a couple of opportunities to 
to score and just missed him. So I don't know if it's confidence or form or, or, or what. I mean, do you think he's going to start the next game? Uh, Wilson. Or Isaac. Yeah. Well, whichever Wilson. way, I think if, if fit, it's going to be Isaac because I think um, Wilson, unfortunately, and he's been great, like him a lot. I think he's one of several Newcastle players now where it's probably the end of the road. Um, guys who are in the like Almiron, for example, I think a lot of the fan base is about to turn on him because he's extraordinarily irritating to watch. Um, and mm. there's, there's a few others as well who I think um patience is about to run out on. And Wilson, he, he's he's it's probably it's only partly his fault, really. I mean, you, you sometimes you can't help what's behind you. And mm. the answer is not a lot, but uh, Isaac is is the number one choice, and you know he, he's you know if fit, it, it probably is going to be him. The only thing is, something has to change tactically. Something has to, and maybe um, there's a situation where Howe starts both of them. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it won't be over it. the next three games because the next three games are Liverpool, Man City, and Aston Villa. So that's probably three defeats from three. Um, and I don't know. I don't think those are the ones where you you attack. Yeah. Yeah, I always get this feeling with Newcastle that they they're going to play better against the better teams. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. So he he yeah he is someone that I need to think about, and we'll probably talk more about my plans on the pod. But yeah, Solanke came in. Yeah. Solanke came in really good again, didn't he? Bournemouth just continued to. To do to do really well, yes, the fixtures have been okay for them, but you know you look at where they were compared to where they are now. I think they've, I don't think they're, I think they're unbeaten in the last six, which is massive for Bournemouth because they were losing nearly every single match. So, yes, yeah, Solanke is just a great asset to hold, isn't it? Even you know, even through the tough fixtures, I'd say I, you know, I'd quite happily keep him. Well. Yeah, that that one of the more interesting matches of game week twenty is Spurs at home to Bournemouth. That is not, Ooh, I think, instinctively we want to think that's a great Spurs game. Stock up on Spurs, captain son, but yeah, uh, probably not because uh, yeah. Bournemouth they won the game last season at Spurs. I think it was three two. So strangely, remember watching that. Um, and yeah, Bournemouth's form is superb. They're, ha- they're having a great time right now and genuinely that's a close game probably I goals just, at both ends because that's what Spurs are like I also feel like because because of the way that Spurs play they're quite easy to get a result from or play against you know they're so full on aren't they Spurs that tactically obviously Bournemouth have, have got a good manager you know we, we can see that and we, you know, ever, ever, ever good managers that did. Gary O'Neill with Wolves did well against Tottenham. You know, we saw last night, uh, Deserby, good coach, did well against Tottenham. So I think, obviously, we, if we're looking ahead, then Bournemouth do have, a, you know, they have a great chance of beating Tottenham, not only beating Tottenham, but obviously scoring goals. You know, I, I still think Bournemouth will concede, although their numbers have been quite good recently. I know they've, they've had one last match. But to be up there still, I think it's quite good for for a team like Bournemouth anyway. Um, but yeah, there's obviously one more player in my starting eleven that I just wanted to touch upon um, from last week. And that was obviously Ollie Watkins, who 
you know, there, there was five goals in the game, Manchester United and Aston Villa. You know, that's 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 three games out of his last four now where he's not been involved in the goals. And there's been goals there. You know, he's they've scored five goals in, in the, well, five or six goals in the last few matches. And for him to only be involved in one of them, you know, it's not yeah. great. So, I mean, it's one of it's those. Similar. Isn't it? It's Just, similar to what we were saying about Saka. Like, his form would be concerning if it wasn't for there being other problems right now because, yeah, he... First of all, he seems to be more of an away game player, but he didn't even do that at Old Trafford. Um, And when it comes to, like, captaincy for this week, which I guess um, was probably for later on, but Villa were at home to Burnley, which on paper looks good, but he blanked at home to Luton, he blanked at home to Sheffield United. So suddenly the the instinct to captain him against Burnley kind of isn't there. Yeah, I, you know, I feel like with these promoted teams, they're getting harder to captain against, aren't they? I'm not too sure if you've, you've, and the listeners are probably, probably agreeing, but the, 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 the promoted teams seem to be improving. Obviously we've seen Wilder pick up a couple of points recently. He's, he's visibly tougher. They're visibly tougher to break down, aren't they? They're not mm. kind of those whipping boys anymore. Luton, you know, another team that we seriously have to think about, especially when they're at kind of, you know, at home. They're a, they're a different beast, aren't they, Luton? And I'm just thinking, are Burnley going to get to that point? Yes, Liverpool still beat Burnley, but I thought Burnley played pretty well, considering, you know, it was Liverpool. So, yeah, I suppose captaincy and, and, and targeting promoted teams, although seems okay, it doesn't, feel as convincing as it did at the start of the season in a sense yeah it's 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 hard to call it because I, I haven't kept up with it over recent weeks but I remember thinking a while back that Luton were a bit of a trap for popular assets that a lot of the guys like uh, Salah and as I say Watkins and all that all yeah. that lot sort of tended to blank against Luton and then when Haaland was about to play him he had that injury that have moved a lot of captaincies to vice captain. So I don't know how it's been in the last couple of weeks. I guess Trippier would have the Newcastle assets blanked against them as well. So it, it just seems to be a thing about um, whoever faces them. So it's, it's Chelsea this week. So I personally wouldn't captain Palmer <laughs> just in case this trend yeah. continues. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're, they're sort of even even though they are still the bottom three and possibly possibly are the three that go down they are noticeably more competitive over the last few weeks they've really adapted to the league quite well the results are coming clean sheets have started to come a bit um i think it's only brighton now um and that was very close to happening last night as well Mm. Um, in the spurs game they were four nil up i guess you saw both sides of of owning sun there because brighton blitzed them into a four nil and it was it was comfortable. It was dominant. It was brilliant. You were thinking, right? They're, they're finally gonna, they're finally gonna get their first clean sheet of the season because the Spurs <laughs> lot are not looking on it at all. Every time Richarlison scored, it was offside. Sun seemed fairly anonymous. Horro was on zero points, um, and then out of nowhere, this this comeback started, and Brighton did concede twice, and 
we ended up getting assists for Sun and Poro, and they both had a good chance at the end. So you, you saw the frustrations of them for sort of 85 minutes, and then at the end, they were both on the verge of two returns. It was it was a crazy yeah. game. Yeah, I think th- this is it with Tottenham assets, isn't it? They just they 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 play a certain way where that they're, they're always likely to pick up attacking returns. Obviously, the 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 clean sheet just never looks on for Tottenham, does it? And if they do, if they do keep one, it feels feels very lucky that they've kept one. But um, but yeah, in terms of like Pod, uh, you know, Pedro Porro and 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 and, and Son and stuff, it just obviously Son's going to. The Asian Cup, and we'll probably cover that shortly. But I just think with Tottenham, you just invest, and 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 it, I actually think they've been the most entertaining team to watch this season. You know, just because of how they attack. You know, they've constantly scoring goals. I don't think any team stopped them from scoring a goal this season, which just reflects how good they are offensively and and how fluid they are. And even when they don't look at it, they still. You know, because of the way they play, they still feel like they can score. You know, in any any given game, any moment. Yeah, that four two was always destined for goals. It was it was going to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Looking back now, it was it was clearly going to be a, a really good game. It was interesting to see uh, Purvis Estepinian back as well. He came on. Yes. Yeah, he hasn't been around for a while through muscle injuries. Came on at half time. He was never going to get rewarded for the clean sheet. But he did score a long-range stunner uh, just to immediately remind managers what he's like and that similarly to Poro, it's almost not about the clean sheets because he was yeah. one of the most popular yeah. defenders at the start of the season and it wasn't for his clean sheets. Same with Poro. And same with Trent, really, who um, mm. I guess that comes on to how I did this week. I vividly remember saying... Last week, that I would not be getting Trent at all. Trent Alexander-Arnold goes against my principles because he's so expensive and I just don't get it. And then I bought him. Uh, um, yeah, I was close, but no. <laughs> I just did it. I just I was getting frustrated with how many people were getting yeah, him and it. having to cheer yeah. against him is, is not a fun experience. So I sort of brought him in, sort of calculated it in my head about the next few transfers and how actually, well, that money um would just be lying around for a while otherwise. So it may as well go on Trent. And what he did was, well, the interesting thing about Porro last night or um, on Thursday night was he conceded four goals he assisted one of six goals and he ended up getting two bonus points. He's I mean, just such a lead, isn't he? He's, and, he's just constant. And that's constant crap. And that's similar to what Trent did here because it was a clean sheet. He got booked, wasn't involved in either goal, and he got he got the bonuses again. So that that's an incredible quality to have in a defender. And I guess that's why people are investing in attacking defenders because even when they're not doing this or not doing that, they're still bonus point magnets. So uh, for me, it was 48 points, another green arrow into the top 100K now. Um, and thankfully that Trent transfer went went pretty well to start off with. Um, Archer got five, Bowen assist, Solanke assist. I think the only thing is, well, two things. One, it's another captaincy to blank. It's just not happening in terms of captaincies at the moment. That's yeah. four out of the last five went on to blank. The fifth one, 
Well, it was Haaland when he was injured at Luton and he became uh, vice-captain Salah, who did haul. But basically, the last five captains at deadline, none of them have done it. Uh, so that that's a sort of doing well despite that. I mean, if, if even one of those went well, it would be going even better. But the other thing is Ariola stuck on it. Oh, oh, I've had a life with Ariola. He's unbelievable. One clean sheet in 14. And then he's kept two in a row now in games where he's been blanked by so by by so many. I've got numbers on it here actually for uh for Scal. That's nice. So 2.35 million benched him against Manchester United, 2.48 million benched him at Arsenal. So that's 69%, 72%. The vast majority of his owners are sort of benching him for the likes of Dubravka. And he's he's getting all these hauls on the bench, these long-awaited hauls. That is that is so FPL. It is, isn't it? It's 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 so it kind of plays into the hands of kind of casual players who just do their transfers and sometimes forget. You know, it's in which we've had quite a lot of this season. Goalkeepers have been a bit of a disaster this season, though, haven't they? They have, yeah. Like people like what Arios is doing now is what. Jordan Pickford's been doing to his early owners as well. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you sort of persist with someone, have faith in someone, they don't do it, and then immediately when you sell them, they just decide to hit foam. And maybe that sort of, sort of is a is a yes towards just having a long term team. But uh, you know, if you sort of commit to someone like Pickford or Ariola for sort of twenty game weeks, then you will yeah. naturally pick some up, but challenge anyone to sort of stick to that thought after the first eight games when none of them none of them succeed. So yeah, the goalkeepers just aren't working out. No, um I just wanted to go obviously backtrack to your thoughts about um on Aster Pinan because he's so attacking, isn't he? You know, we 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 we're looking at Mid midfielder transfers and all these other transfers looking ahead, and I've I never really want to make a defend defensive transfer yet. It's all I've been doing all season is making defender transfers, but the but Astapinan Astapinan could well be one worth doing. Maybe obviously, I feel like a bright and clean sheet is due. It's got to be, hasn't it? Got to be in the same way that West Ham's finally. Came and Everton's finally came. But it really, really thought that this was going to be it for Brighton because it partly because it wouldn't have made sense, as you say, like Spurs scoring every game. Brighton are the only team not to clean sheet, so clearly this was going to be 4 0 uh, to end both of those. Uh, yeah, but it, it and it didn't happen, of course, in the end. But it just added it was what we were saying the other week when you were considering Van Heck, yeah. Uh, when you're considering that signing, it was just, you're thinking eventually it'll come. They've got good fixtures coming up, I think, over the next... I think yeah, really 20, good fixtures. 21 mm. to 28 or something like that. They've got a good run. And you would think at least one, possibly two, will will finally come in that period. Um, yeah. But it wasn't like opinion was entirely being bought for that like by the time he got injured in in game week seven he was the number one defender for attacking returns penalty area touches yeah, yeah. he was up there for i think it was only 
sort of trippier ahead for big chances created. He was he was probably the defender in the game. And he's it's worth it's worth twice. mentioning. Worth mentioning his actual output, which is ridiculous. So he only he's only played seven matches this season, just seven. But he's still scored two goals and created three assists. So that's five attacking returns from seven games, which is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. It totally is. So even if even if it's a period where clean sheets aren't exactly coming in, if you have a defense that's sort of Trent, Horro, and Estepinian, mm. you're still sort of in for a good ride, probably. It'll be fun. Fun is guaranteed with the likes of Estepinian on Porro and Trent. He's a fun one. That goal as well, it was one of those where the camera was right behind it. So, like, I was making sort of Gary Neville noises as soon as it left his foot. <laughs> and oh, and then no. it and then it hit the net. And it was like, oh, that is incredible. What a goal. Um, so that that would be fun if you want him. Um without doubt. It, it could be an interesting time. The only the only question is sort of does he immediately go into the lineup or yeah yeah minutes that's, it, that's it i mean you'd, you'd you'd think that he could start the next match and if not definitely start the one after but yeah it's it's a tough one isn't it he deserves he rotates so much and you can you can you can guarantee it that even although he is losing some key players to AFCON and the Asian Cup, well, he's actually he's lost them to injury. Injury, so obviously, yeah. Matoma and Adingra are injured, so they can't travel to the national side. Even though they are out, you can guarantee he'll still he'll do he'll do he'll do something mad with rotating players. Um, yeah, he will. There was a stat on the TV about how Brighton's um, lineup changes was was by far the most in the league. And even last night, you saw the lineup and it was like when reporting on it, it was sort of difficult. There was at least three or four players in that team who we've seen play various positions. Like there was Gross, yeah. Milner, um, even Hinshelwood, who I think is in the game as a midfielder, but was probably right back. It was just like, yeah, any of these yeah. guys could be anywhere on the pitch. I do, I do, I do like Gross though. I mean, I've mentioned it on the... I've mentioned it on the pod before that that he he seems to be starting nearly every match and he he he, he sets it as, as Brighton's top you know highest scoring player in FPL. I I do like him as a differential movement forward. So he he could be in the mix in terms of the you know the Salah and Son replacements. You know if you're really looking to go different and and, and gain rank, the Brighton fixtures are there. You know they're really really good. His game time looks safe, and yeah, I mean he he's he's returned enough to be the highest, you know, highest points earner from from Brian. So he's doing something right. So he, you know he's he's got to be in the mix, hasn't he? Yeah, that these these Matoma and Adingra injuries might force Deserbi into his in the cold sweats and his biggest nightmare, which is keep lineups roughly from game to game. And even when he was rotating, it was gross. So yeah, he's a really good option. It, it'd be quite exciting actually, because Salah and Son are so highly owned that there's not a massive gain when they do something. But by forcing managers to go different for a few weeks, you're basically guaranteed to bring in a differential, unless you don't have Saka already or something. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Everyone's gonna get a couple of midfielders who you know 
like a four week blitz. It might be less than four weeks, depending on how those mm. teams do. But um, and I suppose that's probably something to cover for Game Week 21. But it's a nice segue to plug what's going on on the FFC website with AFCON Fantasy, which I believe you are on top of. Yeah, we've got we've got AFCON, AFCON Fantasy. It starts on the 13th, which is the Saturday, which is when Game Week 21 is around. So AFCON Fantasy starts at 8pm on, on the Saturday. So we have got a partnership with Real Fever this this time around. And, you know, they, they always host African Fantasy. It's It's weirdly got a lot of traction over the past couple of years. And I say weirdly because it's quite niche. You know, you don't see a lot of people in the community talking about the African Cup of Nations. But when it comes, there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, players that play at hundreds of thousands, actually. And uh, this is something that I found out from from the game makers that it's actually a lot more popular than than I thought it was. And I think it just fills the void. It, I suppose there's, there's a little gap, isn't there, in FPL, you know, a couple of weeks or, or whatever. It's 10 days during the cup and when there's nothing else going on and. You know, managers do, fantasy managers do like a bit of research. They do like putting teams together and building drafts. So I do think it could fill a nice little void. It's also not too long as well. It's just a couple of weeks. So it's just really fun. It's it's fun. And they've even made it more similar to FPL this year. So the, the captaincy is just one a week instead of three or four. And you can't manual sub out. So they've moved away from Champions League fantasy format towards an FPL format, which makes sense because the game is more popular. So, yeah, we're going to be covering a lot of content over at FSC, Expert Team Reveal's top picks for each round. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Perfect. So if you want to, if you fancy a bit of AFCON fantasy, if, you, if your FPL season is going off the rails and you want to have a, a brief respite from that, so that'll be on Fantasy Football Community's website. So another thing that's happened is Erling Haaland has kind of been ruled out-ish of Game Week 20 against Sheffield United. So Pep Guardiola... There's a lot of sort of waiting over the team sheet for, for Manchester City the other day. And Guardiola surprisingly gave an almost helpful quote. We don't we don't see that a lot. When he basically said he hasn't made one training session with us. Hopefully in January he can come back with us, which you would think rules him out of the Sheffield United match, which technically is not January. That fits in well with the departures of Salah and Sun and Huang yeah. and Kudos, people like that, because if he was declared fit for Sheffield United, managers might have to sell one of those guys early. A week early. Mm, now, it's not it, ideal, that, is it, really? <laughs> not ideal. And now it sort of fits in quite well. He might not even be back for 21. I mean, January could mean even later than that. But certainly when the when the team sheets came out for, for City the other day and Haaland wasn't there, that was, that was interesting point one. And then Guardiola's quote afterwards kind of almost answered that question but maybe there's more twists to come as there usually is yeah it also kind of brings up the question as well is is julian alvarez worth it because he is he's obviously on penalties we saw that in the last game his underlying data isn't great so i, I you know i've seen a lot in the community of, of people thinking about captaining, but it's, it's, his data is not amazing it's not great he is someone that i could i could see myself bringing in but then how you know, is that's not really a long-term move because you can probably, you'd probably imagine that Harland would come in at some point. But it also obviously, it also obviously means not using a transfer in midfield because that's where we're going to be needing to use transfers, right? You know, 
the likes of Son, the likes of Salah and stuff. So, you know, although I do really like Julian Alvarez, he should play against Sheffield United this week and he's probably going to do really well, you know, with the likes of Foden. But it's just whether you whether you want to just do the short-term move just for, just for a one-week game, basically, isn't it? Yeah, the, uh, moving on to game week 20, that, that's sort of a, a thought I've been having recently because I've got two transfers this week and I'm almost certainly going to roll one of them over to game week 21 where you know there'll be a sort of a Salah downgrade and Haaland probably comes in but then it's like well you've got to use one this week um it's it's sort of a rare nice position to be in you know you don't want to burn it so you've got to do something and even though the plan was probably to remove Lascelles and really sort out that defense for a while sort of did yeah. think that whoever comes in for Lascelles probably isn't going to start for for a bit because Trent Oro and Gabriel is, is going to be the three. So, like, yeah. do you use a transfer on someone who's not going to play for a while? Or do you do the exciting one-week Alvarez punt at home at Sheffield United? And it I is tempting. A good move. Yeah, if you've got, I think if you've got two free transfers, I, that is something that I would definitely do or, or something that I would definitely consider. Because it's Sheffield United, it's Manchester City at home. You know, Julian Alvarez is on penal- penalties as well. His confidence looks back. You know, he, he he it felt like, although he was picking up slow returns over the past few few weeks or months, it, it visibly he didn't look like he had confidence since being dropped around the Champions League, the time of the Champions League. He seems to be getting that back now, just in terms of movement and and other stuff. It's slowly creeping back. So, yeah, I really like Alvarez as a as an option this week. You know, as 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 a player who, if someone asked me who is going to return this week, I would probably tell you uh, Julian Alvarez. Yeah, he's the main one. He, he's, he's the name that's in all the sort of bus teams, all the yeah. all the wild cards. All the, those who are using their wild card this week are probably starting with Alvarez just for that immediate game. But it might not even be a, a one-match thing because if it if it does turn out that Haaland is um, a little bit longer, then, then he's better. Yeah got a Man City attack against Newcastle that's going to bring goals as well it's it's the more I talk about it out loud the more the more it seems fairly okay even though I don't like doing short-sighted transfers in general but um yeah like bringing in an Aston Villa defender for Lascelles would be the other option and uh, yeah that's okay that's okay like locking in the defense for a while in theory yeah. But, but yeah Alvarez against Sheffield United should should bring success it's also a game week where I don't know about you, but I'm planning on starting Ariola against Brighton, which definitely means West Ham are going to concede now because that's how it works in FPL. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to start Ariola this week, aren't we? we? We literally we literally have to because you know the the underlying stats for Newcastle aren't great at the moment. It's really they're some of the worst actually in terms of like you know expected goals conceded over the last six and Liverpool. You know they they they're scoring nearly every match. They're scoring. They're maintaining some good and line attacking data as well. So it's just got goals, goal, Liverpool goals written all over that, hasn't it? So it, does, it yeah. makes even, sense to start Ariola. Even during the good times, Liverpool was sort of been Newcastle's bogey side. Um, just did the double last season. And Newcastle only lost five times last season and two of them were to Liverpool. And there was the sort of the Darwin match from the start of the season, which... It's still a bit scarring because Newcastle were 1-0 in control and then Darwin flipped it. Um, so now when they're in a bit of free fall, yes, definitely Liverpool are gonna 
win and stuff. And that's why, you know, some people online have maybe not fancying Salah as captaincy, but but I would. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think if you look at... See, I had a look at the, the data, you know, the likes of Son. Underline data has not been great recently. The likes of Watkins not been great. Salah has has had good underlying data, although when you watch the games, he's not, you know, totally involved. He still seems to be doing well in terms of the data. So, you know, they're at home. He takes the penalties. Newcastle again worse for expected goals conceded. For, for me, I don't know about you, and and a lot of people probably disagree and are probably looking at other players. But for me, Salah does feel like the standout captaincy option. Yeah. No, he's, he's he's getting the armband here, um, which it's not nice having a captain playing against your own team, but it's just logic. It's just logic. We've already sort of said why Watkins at home to Burnley might not be as standout as it looks, although, hey, maybe managers shouldn't make decisions based on the past so much. Like, okay, just because he blanked against Luton and Sheffield United doesn't mean he's going to blank at home to Burnley, but... Um, his form in general, Watkins has has gone a bit off, as you say. Son, not only is that Bournemouth game not not easy anymore, but he himself isn't quite right either. So mm. therefore, by default, it's it's probably is Salah. Um, I tell you what, a good outside pun on captaincy, or not even a pun. My second choice probably would 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 maybe be Solanke. Tottenham or. Mm up there with Newcastle in terms of like expected goals conceded. They are one of the worst. They could now be the worst actually after last night. It was Newcastle, but I think New- Tottenham may have took over them. So, and Bournemouth obviously in great form. Solanke's data. Last time I checked, Solanke was top for non-penalty expected goal involvement. And obviously he takes penalties as well, which is even better. If you're looking for a player who has the form, has the underlying stats, has the opponent, then Solanke is, is, is another option. Yeah, that's a great shout. It, 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 it totally is. He, he's uh, Spurs are without Romero at centre-back for a bit. So, uh, so against Brighton that sort of Emerson Royale and, and Ben Davis as a partnership um, is certainly there to be got at. And Solanke... Slanky is, is 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 the one. So yeah, that that's that's a good mm. shout as a as a differential captain there. The fixtures do look all right this week. On they look really good. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of big teams playing weaker teams this week. I noticed. Yeah, which sometimes historically um, doesn't doesn't go to plan entirely. But you see, sort of Saka against Fulham, and you know Fulham, they won two games in a row five nil, but then they've lost the following three without scoring. Yeah. So uh, which which one of those are Arsenal going to face? We'll find out. But Saka, you know, is he is he going to get his goal finally there? Maybe uh, Palmer against Luton. You would think I mean, Chelsea's turnaround fixture-wise hasn't been great, but because Palmer was suspended for the middle game, you would um, you'd think he's straight back in the lineup? Yeah, yeah. I think he'll he'll he'll, um, he'll go straight back in. And um, we didn't look. I don't think we look. We didn't look great against Crystal Palace. We we obviously were disappointed against Walls, and I I just feel like we we should have been better in that game against Crystal Palace. And I, and I think I think that Potch is going to look at that. I think yeah, we're going to need 
going to call Palmer back in. Yeah, I think he starts. He's had the rest as well. So, um, yeah, obviously it's a tough game. You know, Luton and Luton at home. You know, Luton playing at home. They're they're a tough they're a tough team. They're very awkward. You know, we've seen them do it against Liverpool, City, Arsenal. You know, all of the all of the big teams. They are they're a nightmare. So, for me as a Chelsea fan and, and as a Cole Palmer owner. I'm not kind of I'm not looking at that and thinking there's a lot of points to be to be made from this because I don't think there is. I think it'll be tight. Yeah, it's yeah, it's another one where you look at it on paper and, and then have to remember, oh yeah, it, it is is a tough one. The, the whole early kickoff thing as well. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, even that Luton game might be not great. So even though the fixtures instinctively look good, we're, we're talking ourselves into a scenario where it actually, you know, could be a tricky-ish week, and and maybe someone like Solanke could sort of outscore them all. Well, so what, what's your plan transfer-wise this week? Well, the issue with me, Mark, is that I keep taking hits. I say keep taking hits, but I've took. I think I've took two two hits in a in a row now, um, or two hits in in three weeks. Which and and they were the first hits that I took all season, by the way. Um. So, obviously, I, I've I've tinkered with a wild card. You know, I, I'm not going to do it, but I've tinkered with it, and it's a bit of a nightmare to navigate. To be honest, it takes a lot of thought, a lot of thought. <laughs> It'd be much easier to to wild card in 21 for those for those looking to do it. But I've looked at my team; it looks okay on paper. But the issue the, the issue is I've got Wilson starting against Liverpool and Trippy starting against um, Liverpool too. I could probably move Colwell in for Trippier and maybe play or, or move Cole in for, for Wilson and play a four four two. Because I, I really need to roll a transfer. I, I feel like I need to roll a transfer because I need to be in a position where I've got them, you know, to make bench to make squad adjustments and not kind of look at my team and think, right, I need him for this week or you know, like make not make um snappy transfer calls I, I just need to give it a week go into go into January and when we return in 10 days or whatever it is two weeks time with two transfers and just look at because I'm going to want midfielders I'm going to want to replace Salah and Salah and Son 100% I don't really want to bench them I, I want the midfielders because I feel like the midfielders is, is where yeah, I feel like midfield are, are where the where the best options are. I mean there could be a scenario where I I just keep the free for free because eventually Harlan's gonna come back in. I've already got Watkins and I've already got Solanke so but yeah at the moment I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. I did I did kind of tinker with with Wilson out to Alvarez you know, I've thought about finally bringing in Tran um, for for Trippier, but yeah, I'm not sat. Yeah, I'm I'm more kind of I'm more thinking about captaincy. I'm thinking because obviously I'm so far behind now. You know, 1.3 million. It's not been it's not been a good season for me so far. And I just think if I I look back at all these risks that I could have take, taken with captaincy, you know, Son just gone. Okay, yeah, it wasn't a massive. It wasn't a massive points difference, but it was still it was still a positive. Um so I just feel like one thing that's gonna get me back in the game, or at least, you know, get me back in there or thereabouts is 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 captaincy. And I think 
a lot of people are probably going to go for Salah or Son. I do think a lot of people are going to, I think most are going to go for Salah or Son. I think people are going to um, kind of overlook Solanke, you know, in terms of his data, in terms of how bad Tottenham are um, and how good Bournemouth are playing at the moment. I, I do feel that he could be someone that I could captain this week. I know people prefer to, you know, when, when, when we're unsure, we prefer to captain midfielders who take penalties, don't we? I think a lot of people do that. And I, and you know, I do that too, but I think I'm in a position where I'm going to have to go different. Um, and I suppose even if I was at a higher rank, I'd still consider it because, you know, you know, talking about everything that we've just spoken about in terms of Solanke, he's got everything about him for captaincy this week. He, there's, there's not one, I can't give one negative for Solanke captain this week. I just can't, you know, he'll play the full game. He won't get arrested. He takes penalties. There's so many things backing him this week. And 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 you know you never know you know Salah Newcastle could turn up against against um, Liverpool, and we've seen how how quiet Salah's been lately. So yeah, I think if I if I'm going to do something massive this week, it'll be captaincy, mm, more, and maybe doing yeah. The more you mention Solanke as captain, the more interesting it sounds. I must admit, um, I hadn't really considered it until yeah. I just I just think it's not it does sort of come together quite well. I think it, I think it's something that I think it's a, something that not a lot of people have considered, and I'm, I don't know why. Like I, I'm not too sure why is it because it's, is it because that Salah and Son are these two big kind of heavyweights and yeah, I just I just don't understand why. I think I think that um, I think he could do really well this this week. I think he was a, I think he was also a good captaincy option last week. You know, it's all it's all right saying that, but I did I did kind of think about it. I didn't talk about it on the pod. I don't think. But I was thinking about it, and obviously he outscored. I think he outscored Salah, didn't he? I don't think he outscored Son. He did outscore Son, didn't he? Yeah. So he outscored the um, standout captaincy options last week. So who knows? Who knows? In terms of differentials, uh, last week, well, we had we had a laugh about this sort of away from the shore because I went with Sinestra. Uh, so oh, like he made I can't a believe that. Um, it was a wacky choice going with Sinestra because I think his ownership was on, well, on the on the site it's a zero point zero percent. He was barely starting. I used the logic that he was therefore going to start because of the schedule, because he did look good when he when he mm-hmm. came on off the bench and stuff. So yes, he's going to start this one, and Bournemouth are going to win and he's going to score. And he didn't start, and yet. Bournemouth did win comfortably and he did score. He, he came on as a substitute. Um, oh, God. Came on off the bench late on, found time to score the third and six points. And you went with Gross and um, that was a, I believe that was a blank. Despite I don't know how he was involved in all of those four goals in any of them. You know, it's. <laughs> I was waiting for his name to pop up because obviously your differential squad. I was like, right, I need Gross now. I need him to do something, and I thought he would, but yeah, he he just wasn't involved. Didn't quite happen. Who have you gone for this week? Yep. So I've gone for one that I went for a couple of weeks back actually, and he's he's becoming more and more of a convincing option as as the kind of weeks progress, and he's someone that I wish I'd bought <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago when I did mention him. And uh, and that is that's gone up, Joe. So he's he's still 
He's still 4.7 million. He picked up. He scored a brace against Villa, didn't he? So he did well there. Got 14 points. Yeah. He's only, he's only 4.7 million, 3.9% owned. Nottingham Forest still don't look great. You know, they've got the new manager. I think obviously they're in transition and stuff. I just feel that that is the type of game he, he would do really well in. So I've gone for Garnacho. Fair enough. Actually, one of our questions from the from the community when we, we asked for some QA did come from Neil MAF and he, he did ask is is Garnacho worth it? Because he's a very cheap route into the in the Manchester United midfield. And I guess your answer to that is yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean the United fixtures are good. You know, they've they have got some good fixtures coming up, haven't they? You know, they've got Forest. I would class Tottenham as a good fixture now because they're just so leaky, aren't they? They've obviously mm-hmm. got Wolves as well. So the next three fixtures are really good. I think that he also has West Ham, Villa, Luton and Fulham after that. So, yeah, long term, he's got some great fixtures. And I just think instead of backing someone, instead of using up all your Son and Salomony, you could get Garnacho, who is probably close to or as good as the replacements that you could potentially bring in for Son and Salah. But you'd also have money banks. You wouldn't have to rip your team apart, you know, apart when Son and Salah do return. So Garnacho is still someone that I'm considering. He's still someone that I think that if you are going with the the kind of eight attackers, you also don't want to spread your funds too much. I do think he's a really good option um, long term as well. That's fair. That's that's a, a strong option. I've, I'm going to go for Brennan Johnson at Spurs because he's started nine in a row and I think his underlying stats in those nine, I think he's pretty much head-to-head with Sun at the top for sort of more shots, more shots in the box, stuff like that. So he's, he's competing and his minutes should be even more secure once, once Sun departs for Asian Cup. So even though Bournemouth are winning, they are keeping clean sheets. I'm still going to back Johnson to to score against them. Uh, one of the questions, another question from the community. Thank you for the responses from, from you guys, by the way. Um, Dr. Walid Kokar, is it better to play four or five defenders than to sell Salah for a few weeks? I guess that's the sort of thing about... You, you use a transfer on selling him and then you use a transfer on bringing him back in. You could sort of save yourself two transfers um, and just just chuck in an extra defender. Is, is, is that a potential route managers could take? Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't see I don't see a huge problem with that. I, I suppose it all depends on on how your team's set up and, and who you you're looking to bring in because, you know, you look at the midfield options available to replace Son, uh, to replace Son and Salah, and they're not overly convincing, right? You know, there's not one or two that you think I'm definitely going to get them, or at least for me, you know, there's there's no massively standout options who I think are going to do, who are going to outperform, you know, everyone else. So, yeah, I think, and that goes with 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 those that have the kind of free up front as well. I'd, you know, I think you could just, you could probably kind of buy an extra striker instead of uh, instead of Salah. Um, there's a lot of cheap options available over the next few weeks. So I think, I don't think you have to sell Son and Salah. I think there's a lot of nicely priced 
options in the game, you know, for you to not have to use that budget. You know, there's not a lot of good expensive options, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. And I think, yeah, I think you could go for that. It sort of links into the Garnacho pick there because if if you're in a position where you could downgrade Sun to Garnacho and afford making a third like Archer into Haaland, you've sort of got you've already got four mids and three forwards there alongside yeah. Salah. Yeah. And you could do three, four, three, still have Salah around, and then once he's back, you've got Garnacho as a sort of cheap fifth midfielder for the bench again you know that that could work but uh but it i'm sure some tempting names will come up elsewhere in midfield that might stray managers away from that option you know yeah ross Borden yeah. or richarlison players like that yeah um and the final one the quick one from colm bugler would you rather have jesus or nkunku for the next few game weeks Ooh, that's a tough one as a chelsea fan you know i'd love to say nkunku but we just don't know. I don't know what his minutes are going to be like. You know, I don't know if he's, if Poch is going to kind of ease him in. I don't know if if he's going to get an early sub. I think with with Jesus, you know what you're going to get. He's going to play most of the game. Um, he's got really good fixtures. You know, Fulham, Palace, Forest. I think, I think I prefer Gabriel Jesus. He's someone that I, you know, that I've also considered. I've, I've written about over at FFC. You know, if you're looking for a second route into the Arsenal attack and you've got a slot available up front, then Hazy's could be a shout. Obviously, you've got Odegaard as well, um, who, who, who you can chuck into that kind of conversation. But yeah, I really like Jesus. So that's a good place to wrap things up. It's been a pleasure to have you on this pod, Lewis. Thanks for your expertise. And please make sure to check out FF Community's website, which... Uh, embraces everything about the world of fantasy football which now includes afghan fantasy of course so give us a follow on twitter at ff community underscore and we hope you join us next time in the new year in 2024 so thanks for listening and happy new year we'll see you on the other side see you later guys sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.